Susie. Hi. Things we got wrong. Episode five. Have we recovered from the intensity of episode four and our big mistakes? Yeah. I mean, recovered-ish. Like... I didn't like it. I think that... I thought about it for a lot. I thought a lot about how my how my words would have made somebody else feel like that. You know what I feel like increases as you get older, or maybe it's with the effort and energy you put into it. But empathy. Mm. Yeah. Does that come? What does that? You know, you think as a therapist, I'd have the answer to that, but mm-hmm. I just see it. But I don't know. You don't know if that's typical. Developed over time, if it just naturally we get more empathetic as we get older. I know I have have more experiences. Yeah, or we have to actually make a conscious effort to be more empathetic. Hmm. You know, it almost feels like it would go one of two ways, right? You know how like old people, you either meet old people who are like crabby and grouchy, or super nice and loving and kind. And we actually talked about this in my therapy in my. Uh, life cycles class what they say in grad school where they talked about how um, people after retirement who don't find new meaning in their life yeah. can often become cynical mm, cynical that's the best word for it can become cynical because they don't have that deeper meaning and yeah. if you um do have deeper meaning and you do have connection, then it stre- it strengthens everything and, and the relationships grow. And so you have those two, vi- and it really is a, like a, a fork in the road. Mm-hmm. I can see that because I know f- in my own experience, a lot of things haven't worked out in my life the way that I hoped or wanted, you know, in, in certain ways. And I'm sure that's true for most people. And I feel like you can either become jaded and bitter. Correct. Or you can think, well, you know, I'll be thankful for the things I do have. And then I'll have empathy for people who are in difficult places. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe it's just a choice yeah. you make. For, that's exactly kind of what I'm like toying around with. Is this something that naturally happens as you get older or is it a choice? Well, I could definitely that see empathy. going down the other path because... I do have moments where I'm like, oh, I'm I'm," like, if you get burned a lot, like if you feel like people have taken advantage of you or something like that, that's when the moments when I'm like, you know what? Let's burn it all down. (laughs) I've had it, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. So, yeah, you know, it's like more, I've become more, maybe it's more extremes, like more empathetic, but also a little less, um, less of a pushover. Yes, yeah. which is not the worst thing. That is a good thing. Because maybe I was that to a fault when I even listened to our past episodes. No. Yes. Why? What do you notice? Especially, you know, I mean, we Am talked I about this in the first you? episode. Like, not you, married Sarah. Oh, yes. Married Sarah is very accommodating. Super. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not now, not, you know. In yeah, this you don't feel like you would be like that again if you were. I know I'm not like that uh-huh. again. Because I walked, I, 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 last night we were going to a, a holiday dinner and uh, I was wearing this adorable dress and my really cute knee high boots underneath. They were like, I was like looking cute. I had my hair done and I walked in and, and Eli was like getting ready and doing his thing. And like, he was like trying to decide which shirt to wear. So like in his own, you know. Dealing with his own stuff. Yeah. And like 15 minutes went by and then he like passed me and he was like, oh, your hair looks really good. And then he like walked and I was like, and other things. And then he was like, I said that. I said, you look really cute. And I was like, no. And I was like, for the record, too much time has passed before me being here in this cute of an outfit for you to not say anything. That is so true. There is a statute of limitations on that. I would have never done that. Before. You would have been just so happy with the crumbs of like a compliment I would have gotten. Like, first of all, Max would have never said that he liked my curly hair. No. The only thing Eli commented on was my curly hair. And I was like, I'm not just my curly hair, okay? Yeah, you're I like, what about my slutty boots cute- and dress? Yes! 
<laughs> right. I hate that feeling. Oh, so funny. It's ridiculous. Like if you feel like you're all dolled up and you like think you're making some entrance. I totally did. In my <laughs> mind, I was like, there was like a, a wind machine. Ta-da! Like my hair was blowing like Beyonce. Please. Yeah. There is a limit on how long until a compliment is required. I was like, <clears throat> sir, yeah. it has been 15 minutes. Poor Eli. It was probably eight. And he was like busy running around doing stuff, but he made up for it when he then said, you want a glass of wine? All is forgotten. All. <laughs> Gee golly, I do. Yeah. Who cares? Oh. Okay, so theoretically, let's see. We're supposed to be reflecting, I guess, on episode seven-ish of Brain mm-hmm. Candy, Crime and Punishment. That was... Mm-hmm. You know what? I will, I will say this, this is, is like a concession that I'm giving to listeners. Okay. You know how like it annoys me whenever listeners complain about ads because yeah. or sponsor partnership breaks or whatever because i'm like w- you watch television like you know how this goes we have to eat and so yeah. we have to you know promote things and that's just life yeah. but those early episodes before we had any sponsors it is nice oh I, that's right i didn't even notice it away i was just like Listen. That is like a more enjoyable listening experience. So I'll (laughs) throw you that bone. Fair. Totally fair. Not like I didn't know that. Of course, it would be wonderful if we could live in a world without any advertisements, but that's not reality. That's not real. (laughs) Just throwing a bone here. Okay. So episode seven, Crime and Punishment. This was a fun one because it was the one where you, we, we discovered that you have never seen Law and Order. <laughs> right. And what we just had on Brain Candy, this sort of like I know. Reflection. I couldn't believe the, the, the crossover there, like the, the how that happened. For people that watch it, and I, I suppose most people have at least seen an episode or two, right? Yeah. Like the whole right. world. We don't live under a rock. Yeah. Well, what ha- usually happens is there's, this is how I feel. <laughs> you get sick. You stay home. There's two kinds of people. Yeah. There's your Maury, Ricky Lake <laughs> people. Yeah. And there's your Law and Order All Day Marathon people. Because some, for some reason, at any given time, there is always a Law and Order Marathon going on. I see your always. point. I would never ever. USA Network, I'm looking at you. I would never make that choice, no matter what was on. I'd rather watch an infomercial than Law and Order. No offense, right? To, to you're choosing like Ricky it. Lake or Maury. Oh yeah, always talk yeah, shows. See, you're d- doing the talk shows. I wasn't talk show because it was like too much. I get. I want to be their therapist, so instead I went. You, you know, I'm like, I, it's too much. I'm like, this is everybody needs therapy. I cannot so. get into dramas on television. It's so weird. Now I can't. I can't. They're garbage now. Oh, you've turned. Maybe you got wrong. Maybe you got that wrong. I, I did. You know what? I definitely did get that wrong because I've recently tried to watch, like, even Law and Order. Not the same. What the hell is it? They changed or you changed? I, I, you know, I couldn't tell you, Suze. It. Feels... Wow, this is like you were just like mentioning this in passing, and my mind is blown. Yeah, like, there are only certain ones that that really, because they turned it into a drama. They turned it into, like, continuing stories. And one of the things that I liked was that... The episodes used to be self-contained. Yes. And I liked when it was, there was, I think in a way, and we've talked about this on the podcast, on on Brain Candy, we talked about how, uh, why those shows for survivors can often be helpful because it does wrap or not it up. Even survive, like yeah, it closure. does wrap it up. So it gives like this feeling of like, I don't know. It makes me feel almost hopeful in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And because they're not, they're more focused on the personal stories now. It's not, it doesn't do, have the same effect. For that me. is crazy. Yeah. Wow. ER did the same thing. Okay. Remember ER? That was such a great show. Yeah. I didn't know they changed, though. I thought they always had those, like, story arcs, like Grey's Anatomy and stuff. No, they. it was more like <clears throat> in the beginning of the show, it was more what was happening 
just to those patients right then. And oh. then it turned into more of the lives of the doctors. And I was like, right. <laughs> no, I'm like, just tell me why they're at the hospital and fix them That's and send them on their way. Right. I'll tell you what, what could fix you. And that is some CBD from next Eva. Woo girl. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. this stuff is fantastic. Yeah, man. I For, And guys listening. I was guys inclined, back when the CBD stuff started to really pick up, I thought, is this a placebo? This is like a... No, it's so good. It's real. Nextivo Naturals, the, man. The, the way I describe it is, or, and where I notice it the most, is on car rides. I get very, I mean, I have ADHD like crazy. Yeah, I get very right. fidgety. Mm-hmm. I get very restless. And this helps me de-stress yeah, and right. relax in a way that makes me feel like there isn't that, mm, like I notice it in my, my, how much I tap my foot. You know, when you're like move, bounce your foot. All the time, yeah. or like I want to like pick yeah. at my nails or something, mm-hmm. and then I I take some CBD and hello, they're in gummy form. Yeah, <laughs> they're delicious. It's fruit flavored they're gummies. They're so people. tasty. Yeah, and so I just pop one of those. And since Eli and I are always going on like long car rides to go to like camping spots or go out to like yeah. you know, mountain biking places, we're often in the car for a long time, and I get so restless. And this helps so much i'm just like chill looking out the window listening to music mm. yeah and the, the so you might think well what's the difference between them all but the next evo combines um natural ashwagandha that's yes. eight times more powerful than regular and 100 percent u.s hemp derived cbd extract so it has four times better absorption so this baby's getting right in there yes helping you yes. with your stress and they have a deal for our listeners i'm so excited thank you for supporting the things we got wrong podcast get to the root of stress with the stress cbd complex from nat next evo naturals for up to 25 percent off subscription orders of 40 dollars or more use promo code wrong at nextevo.com. that's next n-e-x-t evo evo.com promo code wrong um i love the 25 percent off yeah and they have a sleep I'm one they have yeah, the products are great you guys too. are gonna love yeah. it yeah yeah yep. okay well, so don't get that wrong um Okay, so this... Okay, we talked about Law & Order. Then, let me pull up my notes. So, uh, this was the funny... You did talk about astrology early on. Yes. And I, like... I feel like I was confronting you. Like I was like, I know. are you one of those people that's into astrology? Are you one of those people that believes in, like, astrology? Like, like sign, what is it? Is that yeah. your sign and all that? Yeah. You, I, I kind of do. It's so annoying that I do. But. <laughs> I love finding stuff like that about you all because it, no one would ever suspect it because you I'm super sciencey. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I do. Like, I had a star chart, like your actual oh, yeah, birth I've chart done. Those. They're very precise. It right? was so exact that, I mean, you couldn't have read it for anybody else on the planet. I, it was, it, and... Then the evidence that I used was, well, you know, I've read my star chart. I had my chart done and it was so accurate. Yeah. It felt so real for me. I thought the only logical thing we could do here Mm -hmm. is get yours. My star chart. Yes. Okay. And then I would maybe read you a little bit of it. Yeah. And and then you you tell me. uh, Did I get it wrong? Is this accurate? (laughs) So you're still standing by it. You don't feel like you got anything wrong. Uh, Okay. Okay. This is this. Now I wish I had the article because I just, I read this and then I didn't even, I didn't even think we were going to talk about this because until I listened to the episode, I'm like, oh, we're talking about astrology. This would have been the perfect article to talk about in this episode. Um, uh, there was a study of, I want to say it was over a million different people who have been, who were interviewed for this over a long period of time. To see if compa- astrological compatibility had anything to do with relationships. Okay. It is not just 1 million. It's 20 million birthdays of married couples. Oh, they took the they data. Didn't have to, like, they didn't have to interview anybody. They could just they look at the They don't have to interview people. They t- the, the study 
took the census data taken from England and Wales and looked at all 20 million birthdays of married couples. And if there is even the smallest tendency for Virgos to fancy Capricorns or for Libras to like Leos, Mm -hmm. then we should see it in the marriage statistics. Okay. And when you have a population of 10 million couples, then even if only one pair of a thousand is influenced by the stars, then you have 10,000 more couples than expected with certain combinations of signs. So they looked at it and there is absolutely zero correlation no. between <laughs> astrological signs and marriage. Zero. Okay. That is not what I thought you were going to say. There is no such evidence. The numbers are just what we predicted, all on the basis of chance. For the link between compatibility with astrological signs, like the likeliness of a, these two, which is funny because... I have been told that my perfect match is a Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. I've never dated one until Eli, and he is a Sagittarius. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that's fun. Like, we can just hang on to that part because that's yeah. real this adorable. Is the fu- this is exactly what astrology really is. It's yeah. like the parts that you want to hang on to and the things that, you know, and there are... It's so weird when we look at all of this, the... Any metaphysical or or psychic studies or anything like that, when you study them or when you try to look at them Mm -hmm. through the scientific method, the lens of the, that very specific Mm -hmm. way to uh, uh, test something, Mm -hmm. it always falls apart. It never works. But the anecdotal evidence that people's stories and what people feel and whether that is something that we create in our mind, which then like tells religion. me that it's it, it, for, to, for sure. Know. It is. And it, it feels so real. And that's why the individual's experience is so important and mm-hmm. so special. And whatever is true to one person is true, is absolutely true mm-hmm. to them. And whatever is true to some, it's true to them. I mean, we even see this in studies of, uh, Viewers' uh, idea of what happened in, like, they would take, like, NFL games or, you know, something like that. And, like, what happened in this play? If you are cheering for one team, you actually see the event happen differently than if you are cheering for another team. Because your brain wants so bad to see it one way. And they have done study after study on this that two people on opposing teams will watch the same thing happen and have absolutely different ideas and believe it through and through like deep in their soul. Mm-hmm. So if that is the case in that very simple explanation, why wouldn't we feel this about? Yeah. So much more? Yeah. So that's kind of what astrology feels like. The, the Just lately I've been thinking so much about that concept and the idea of the stories we tell about ourselves, mm. about our life, who we are. It doesn't matter if it's like true with a capital T. It it matters because that's the story that you're invested in and it's totally informative and important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like what we've learned so many times on Brain Candy is like the truth is sort of malleable actually and subjective yes. and I don't know, man. It's not as concrete as we like to imagine. Absolutely. Would you like to hear information on your rising sign? Oh, my God. I forgot. I felt like we were done. Okay. We're not done. This is great. I can't I, believe we've never done this on the podcast. my rising sign? Yes. I can't even... Like, so I hear people using this I know. language. And you're already annoyed, which is the best part about <laughs> this. So your rising sign is... They also call it your ascendant. And this is your social personality. And this is often, like, how... Uh, like your outward style, like how people kind of see you, like how you react to the outside world. Okay. Tell me if you think this is accurate. <laughs> you guys are Cal- so annoying. Calm and deliberate. You hate to move quickly or ha- act hastily. Very practical. Wait, I'm going to just change my view so I can see your face as I read this. <laughs> Stop um, it. Very practical. Every effort must count or it can't be bothered. Patient, persistent, and steady, but very stubborn. You can't be pushed or pressured into anything. 
You seem outwardly self-assured because you tend to repress your inner tension and turmoil. You exude (laughs) an earthly... Uh, warmth, friendliness, and charm. You demand comfortable surroundings and appreciate the good life. Be careful for a tendency to be overly self-indulgent at times. At, at times, uh, Overcoming inertia may be a problem because you are not by nature a self-starter. It is often necessary for you to receive stimuli from others in order to get moving. <clears throat> that last part is the part I would disagree with. Right, but it was true when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. So this is the part they talk about um, how this isn't necessarily like how you are right now, but like think of how you were maybe younger or over your whole life. What is your nature? Yeah. Well, when you, (laughs) so when you read that, what do you think? You think it's like exactly me? Well, I think that (laughs) part about like being patient, persistent and steady Mm -hmm. and you can't be pushed or pressured into anything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just take a little bit of nudge and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll join this cult. <laughs> Susie's like, like what's this? <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm not doing this. Yeah. It's so different. In the There's this famous book called Pilgrim's Progress, which is uh, Christian. And there were these two characters in the book named Obstinate and Pliable. And <gasps> I always think of us <laughs> when I think oh, of yeah. them. <laughs> so Because great. it kind of is true. You're like, so go, go with the flow. Get along. Yeah. Kind of gal. Yeah. Um, okay. But when I'm listening to you, yeah. don't people do this where they like, okay, they'll hear something that resonates and they'll be like, yeah, that's so true. How does it know? And then they'll just disregard the, the parts that don't seem to yeah. Make, yeah. make sense. Um, I'm reading this, this thing right now that kind of broke it down even more. So, so your rising sign is the manifestation of both your inner and outer world, which is the balance between kind of these both sides to you. Then your moon sign is more (laughs) of your, the soul, like behind your identity. This is the part you keep hidden. And the sun sign is the sign that's the, the, what you show and shine to the outside world. Okay. And so the one that you shine to the outside world is Leo. More than a bit of a show-off, you love to be the center of attention, but others don't usually mind because they tend to enjoy your genuine warmth and affection. Very spirited and willful, proud, you demand your own way. You're quite honest, however, and the respect for others is very important to you. You never compromise yourself, and you pursue your goals with persistence and dedication. Your regal presence and demeanor draws you to positions of leadership and authority. Uh, Your strength and energy, vitality, uh, vi- vita- vitalizes those who come in contact with you. Very theatrical. You live life on a grand scale wherever and whenever possible. I mean, it's annoying. It's annoying. It's annoying how accurate. And the funny thing is, is my rising sign is Leo. No. Yep. Okay. That's interesting. My outward sign is my Pisces is my sun sign. And that's the very emotional, oh very my feely. God. Are very, you serious? But my, Mm-hmm. But my, oh my, God, but my in rising sign, the one that's like the balance is same as yours, the Leo. Okay. Don't you hate though? Like when, Oh the- my God, guess what your moon is in Pisces. <laughs> no, You have strong feelings and are extremely sensitive. It would help if you have thicker skin. You tend to react emotionally to situations you come across kind, gentle, and considerate of the feelings of others. You are good at taking care of the sick, wounded, or helpless. You tend to absorb the energy of others. So you avoid those who are negative. You have a rich and creative imagination, but you should be careful to not spend your time daydreaming. Very intuitive. You may be, oh, get ready, have feelings of clairvoyance and psychic. Oh my God. Remember, you too have the right to get what you want from life. You, if you are always defensive and no towing, I don't even know that word to others, people will take advantage of you or exploit you. It's that's so interesting. What do you think about that? I mean, I hate it. <laughs> you hate it because it's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I but then I think that's what everyone thinks. Wow. It annoys me like that first section you read. Why uh-huh. do they say things that are true of everyone? Like it said you love the good life. Who fucking doesn't love the good life? No, I think some people actually don't. Lucas doesn't care about that shit. Some people don't like when they say you love like that's a pre- and this is interesting because when I was giving my mom the Enneagram test, she was like, "What do you mean 
mean? Of course people are like this. Everybody's like this. Oh. And I'm like, no, you just feel like that because it's actually true for you. A lot of other people, she's like, who doesn't like to venture out and explore outside of their own environment? I'm like, oh. a lot of people. Yeah. But it, it becomes so tr- like real for you. This is kind of what we were saying. Whatever is your reality and your truth becomes so real for you that there's this, um, oh man, we talked about this a while ago. There's this on the brain candy podcast or this idea that your beliefs extend to others. So if you went to that Chinese restaurant and you hated oh, it, yeah. you assume everybody else who's gone to that Chinese yeah. restaurant hates it too. But maybe you just got food poisoning at one time. You like a universality yes, to it, it. Yes. It's a universal bias or whatever, like mm-hmm. universal something bias. That's exactly it. Or like you watch a TV show and it gets canceled and you're like, what? Everybody was watching that TV show. No, just you were. And okay. Like okay. That. Okay. But your brother, Lucas, you say mm-hmm. he doesn't care about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's not one who's like in a ru- Jordan. Like they're not, he's not in a rush to like, but oh, like I if somebody ha- said, I, I here's something things. luxurious for you, here's a really fancy no, meal. He would, he would, you know what he want would do? Uh, when I've tried to get Jordan nice things for Christmas, he returns it, takes the cash and uses it to pay his bills. So he just likes the simple, practical. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Practical. Wow. Practical. Yep. All and right. I think it's really interesting that there are like three main signs, your rising sun and moon. And She's so two out of three of ours guys. are the same. That is interesting. I like Come that. Come on. That's, that's interesting that two yeah. out of three of ours are, are, they're in different places, but like Pisces and Leo and I'm Pisces, Leo and Virgo and you're Pisces, Leo and Taurus. That's just interesting. That is. You know. I feel like I was wrong about astrology. Okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> people i definitely was wrong in the sense that you can i think i was implying with you that like you can't be scientific and also enjoy something ah, like that i think uh-huh. you can especially yeah. if you're not an idiot about it and don't you feel like the more we learn about science the more yeah we are understanding maybe things that are more in that kind of spiritual world? Definitely with regards to astronomy. Yes. And all that jazz that's so hard to conceptualize <sighs> that I think we ignore it. Totally. And then when you read about it, you're like, what? Oh, oh, that sounds like spiritual or supernatural. Right. Supernatural. Yeah. That's a bit. Yes. It's, mm-hmm. it's beyond our human ability to comprehend. Like we, mm-hmm. we don't have the... In the same way you couldn't explain an iPhone to a caveman. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, I, I have no idea what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these things are, are concepts that we someday will have the tools to measure and be able to understand. But I do hate when people talk about retrograde oh, stuff. Yeah. Stop. Why are you all... Ladies, stop saying that. It's only women. I've never heard a man, a straight man say oh, that's a good any- point. I was like, what? Don't talk about astrology with Andy's my favorite. I'm like, oh he's <laughs> <laughs> like what is it about women that is so attracted to these No, I think it's about being in touch with your emotion. I think it's it's recognizing that our emotions well, there are a lot of things at play here. Often with clients, it, it can be very helpful. You know, my work as a therapist, I I will prescribe like an emotion tracker for clients mm-hmm. where they can throughout the day or throughout the week rate on like this little emotional thermometer, just like pop in like three times throughout the day and map their emotions. They even have apps for this now. I should probably upgrade and like get with the freaking 21st century over here and be <laughs> like, here's this app. Instead, I'm like, here's this paper you could print from your printer and like highlight. No, don't do that. I need to like update myself. Good thing we're talking about this. Um, I'll do that. Uh, but if you track your emotions and you track your feelings over a week or even longer, you'll often notice that there are changes that you can't really attribute to anything. Mm. And it it might be hormonal. Mm-hmm. It might be, you know, and we're learning right now so much about serotonin and the relationship with our gut. Yeah. That so much, this was definitely not information we had when we started the podcast. Mm -hmm. This is new stuff, or at least not that was available to the public, not stuff I knew about 
in school. You know, so there is a big link between what we eat, what we uh, are experiencing in our environments, like things that are these beyond our control where there are hormonal shifts and changes in our body that absolutely affect our mood. And I think that women can often see that fluctuation happen more intensely because mm-hmm. of hormonal changes, because, you know, while we're menstruating, that just happens. Yeah, that's and a good so point. We are often looking for things. I think our brain is naturally looking for things that explain why we feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Even when we're like driving in the car and we're like feeling anxiety and we're like, somebody must be mad at me. Who's mad at me? No, nobody's mad at me. Somebody I'm just must... having feelings. Oh, no. You know? Well, you're yeah, probably I've, more I've, like that than most people. I think there are a lot, like anybody who experiences anxiety, you try to like explain it away with something. So I think there is... For for women who maybe have permission to have, more, where it's more acceptable to have a range of emotions, mm-hmm. are looking for something to explain why they have the emotions. Mm-hmm. It becomes easier and maybe a little comforting to say, "Oh, life isn't chaos. Mercury is in retrograde, or whatever." And may, you know, I'm sure there, but it feels comforting. I would love to know if there is something anatomically or biologically about women that makes them more inclined to be spiritual because I mean historically we know this oh, to yeah. be true that like while men have tended yes. to be the leaders of religions the women are the ones that are often the devotees and the yes. followers of it and I just wonder why physiologically that might be true. That is such a good question. Mhm. Because I wonder if that feeling of, okay, this is like a terrible connection, that, but like, hear me out. Mm-hmm. On the podcast recently, we talked about the study of serial killers mm-hmm. and the breakdown of what makes them more likely to kill mm-hmm. and how with men it is for like pleasure or power. Yeah. And women, it. It, there are more emotional reasons connected to it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if the joy that maybe some men experience in that environment is more power than it is community. I mean, this is not everyone, but I wonder if if we can kind of draw some, I don't know. Well, because then like, it would be, for women, the explanation may be as simple as a lack of testosterone. That maybe the the oh, testosterone huh. in men but somehow that, like cancels out the and then you'd have to look at like levels of testosterone in somebody because there's more in group differences than there is out group mm-hmm. differences. So this is why we say like you know hashtag not all women and not all men. Yeah, but because you can have a woman with very high testosterone who might exhibit more of those characteristics towards like an, a, a desire to I don't know maybe like seek out a position of power or something like that. Mm-hmm. If there is in fact a link between or that have more and aggression. testosterone or have, yes, which mm-hmm. we do know is we know. there is a link. Yes. That's what it's really fun wow. to hear from. That is really interesting, Seuss. Yeah. I want to know This more. is like a, this is, yeah, this is a, because when you do talk, we're inspiring like yeah, thesis right. and dissertations yeah. over here from listeners. Like, Guys, if you've ever heard this. trans people talk about their experiences mm. as one and then into the other, they describe actual physiological changes from Correct. you know the way that they handle emotions and process information. Yeah, and that is fascinating that they have. I had would both. love to talk to Caitlin and have her on here. I wonder mm-hmm. if she would come on here and talk about that because she was so open on our season and to be able to speak about that years later and kind of talk about that. Oh, I would love to have her on. By the time because she you talked knew about her. a difference in orgasm as a male versus a female. No. Yes, and she was. I remember she was talking about when she like successfully was able to have one after post op, and it was so. I was so excited for her. How the hell do they do that? It's a miracle. Well, she got it done in Thailand, and they are fucking good over there. <laughs> so I mean, I'm sure they're good here too, but they, they do really some know sort of doing. clitoris. Situation. Yeah, because the hood of a penis is, or the, 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 you can reshape that and it, it becomes the clitoris and it is unbelievable. Yeah. And the nerve endings and did, so how many, how much time had passed since she had transitioned? Oh my by gosh. The time? Barely. She, well, 
not transition, but she was post-op because she had, she had been, um, oh, like I think presenting as female for a while. And okay. Yeah. So she was, it was her gender confirmation surgery that she had. Right. I want to say like three months, if not less before, like she was still healing. They pushed back our date because of they said location changes. And I think they wanted her to be on there, which is so great for, I'm sure that she has way more insight now into, I would love to talk with her. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally Reach out to her a bit ago to just say hi. Cause I kind of miss these people. Do you think that, I mean, you could only guess until you speak, but do you think that the reason that she's kind of, you know, MIA a little bit mm-hmm. is like because she didn't have a good experience on the show or what? Or it's just like different no, stages I, for different ages kind of. Deal. Yeah. Maybe different stages for different ages. And I think <clears throat> she like, we connected on kind of being like extroverted introverts. Yeah. Like, you know, we had both like gone to Comic-Con and like doing nerdy stuff and like, you know, we're more into like reading books. Yeah. And so I can see not... Like basically she wanted to go on the show and it was fun yeah. to get that sort of attention yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But then it's just like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, and, and now for this podcast, especially like things I got wrong, like things I got, I, I forget for a moment, I forgot that she was my partner on one of the seasons of the challenge. Yeah. And I definitely got wrong my, how I acted towards her because I took my level of c- competitiveness yeah. and like projected my desire to win and need to win onto somebody else, which wasn't what she cared about. Yeah. And that di- like, is it different structure for different folks? Like who cares? Like she was passionate about way more, you know, intelligent stuff than like was this, she was right about this, not mad. This doesn't matter. And is that what like, she was trying so to much. say to you? Like and calm I'm down. Sure, the in a deal? way I, yeah, yeah, probably because like, like, who cares? Like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not, if I'm scared, I'm not going to do this. And I was like, just do it, you know? And so I definitely think the way that I uh, needed my partners on the challenge, especially Caitlin, to have the same kind of attitude about winning that I did was yeah. not right. Do you think though, because if you're a competitive person, that's sort of a gut reaction. It's just like an instinct mm-hmm. unless you yeah. re, like train right. your brain. So you may have the same impulse, but you feel like you'd be able to recalibrate. Yeah, I would. I try with everything now to zoom out. Yeah. And to try to look at the big picture. You know, I think in life we can be active or reactive. Mm -hmm. We can, and in the past, I think until you get that zoom out kind of perspective Mm -hmm. and until, and this is the awareness that we always talk about. Until that awareness grows, you're very reactive to the situations you're in. You know, I'm on the challenge. I'm going to react to the partner that I was given. I'm going to react to this challenge that's coming up. I'm going to react to whatever versus having an active role in it where an active role would for me would be me recognizing that not everybody has the same skills and this doesn't really matter. And what else could I get out of this experience? How could I create a team dynamic where both of us would be able to benefit? Maybe it isn't necessarily winning the whole thing, but maybe it's having the most fun or, um, you know, being able to be silly and goofy. Like if I had a different attitude of like, I don't need, like if I didn't have that, I need to win all the time. And I was able to just have fun. She and I would have been able to like be goofy and like, like make a joke out of it almost on like the, and that would have been fun. And people I think even would have kept us around because that's a different energy to have, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that a little more perspective and taking that active role in, in what do I want? Like, and and seeing down the line and having some kind of like um, future mindset. Yeah, big picture. Helps. Big picture, totally. Well, I believe me, there will be several episodes of things we got wrong just about reality TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because oh my God, yeah. Do I have a lot to say uh, on so many levels about so many things? So I am eager to do that. Because we've done episodes of Brain Candy that are just about 
our experience on the show, so I'm sure we will be able to revisit it at that mm-hmm. time. <laughs> um, I, I'm laughing because I just I, I I saw one of the other things like you're start. I'm going to send it to you because it's very long and it keeps going. Okay, but just this one has to be read. Your Mercury is in Leo, and I think your Mercury is like how you fight, like your your like oh. fighting sign, like how you defend yourself. You are usually quite convinced that your own ideas are correct, and you enjoy <laughs> persuading others that they are. I'm At nice. times, you are very stubborn and proud of your beliefs and, and principles, but get very defensive when they are challenged. You're, you appreciate truth and honesty, and you practice it yourself and expect it in others. You have a good talent for organizing, directing, and planning, and you delight in being asked for your advice and counsel. That's true. That's true. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. I'm going to email you all I of these. am so bad about that, that whenever we do an episode and I say something, even when I know that it's sort of provocative or like poking the bear kind of, I'm always surprised when people are pissed. I'm always like, what? I was right about that. Your defend, your, is like I, actually I that. What are they talking about? And I, if I were to read mine, it would say, you are very flexible and your you can, your ideas can bend like the willow tree. And mm-hmm. that is a nice thing though, where, cause that's evidence I think of open-mindedness, which is great where uh, you can listen, see both sides. You are, you and I are, I can also see there's benefits to yours as well of like <laughs> staying steadfast and not being such a like easily persuaded. We balance each other out, Suze. But you, Together, you know how you always a, say what you dislike in others often is something you hate deep inside of yourself? I always hate when people are like overly certain. I'm like, the certainty is what grosses me out. <laughs> Meanwhile, that is probably my defining trait is like, I know it. Um, so Good thing we have the show. Look at that thing growth we have progress. Show. Okay. Briefly, we also talked in that episode about... Um, Jeffrey Dahmer, which is so mm-hmm. funny because now he's back in the news because of Netflix. I mean. And I wanted to mention, because um, I was thinking about how he was a cannibal. Mm-hmm. He ate some of his victims. And mm-hmm. I wanted to find out, I forget what I was looking up, but I wanted to find out about cannibalism. I don't know if we got this wrong in the episode or what, or this is just an update. But I, I read about that... There was like a tribe in Papua New Guinea uh-huh. who, I think yes. you talked about that, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. So there's a tribe. And in, there was only a certain percentage of people who are able to eat human flesh. Yes. And it's what like it, 35% or something like that. Did you say why in the original episode? No, I did not. Okay. Cause I found that information. What? Yeah. I was like, why oh, would that be this true? Is awesome. It was saying that. What a cool thing to look up. <laughs> So clever. Well, maybe they didn't know it when we originally did that episode. I don't think they did. I really don't because, like, that would have been in there. So the, this tribe would eat, um, well, the women would eat the dead. And it wasn't some sort of, like, weird, perverse thing. It was a part of the death ritual, right? And then they yes. would offer it to some of the kids. And so then people were getting sick. They called it the laughing death, was killing women and young children. Um and it was caused by eating human meat. And then they have since found that the reason it was making them sick is that only 20%, I think it is. Oh, 20. There you go. Or something like that of yeah. humans have the enzyme that can break down other human meat. Wow. Isn't that bonkers? It's an enzyme to break it down. I wonder, though, why. Why? Well, I guess we evolved to not have it. And so only yeah. it, now it's like a recessive gene or something. But That's inter- and then I wonder, like, if you have it, that almost did. Oh, okay. Here's the question: Did we evolve to not have right. it? Right. And or, what people have is leftover, or, or did those twenty percent of people evolve to have that enzyme? Mm-hmm. Oh, spooky! Yeah, man, that is creepy. I watched an episode of. Um, uh, American Horror Stories, they're like these little, um, like one episode, I don't know, like horror stories that is from that the on same Netflix? creator. It's on Hulu and on oh, FX. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's great. I love American Horror Story. And so now they've, they're doing like these little, um, like one Why episode. Why do you love it? 
oh, I think the storylines are great. They're often uh, the Rip writer, the I can't remember his name, but um, no, totally different. Okay. But that would be hilarious if it <laughs> right. were. Um, um, the creator is a gay man who does a really good job. Is that of, Ryan Murphy? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He 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 has really great like LGBTQIA characters on there mm-hmm. where it doesn't become part of the central storyline. It just like is, and I really love the way females are portrayed on that show. I love they did a whole um, episode or series called um, Coven. It was all about witches, like modern witches. Yeah, and it felt very accurate to what witches are really like. Really? Yes. Like how? I mean, you know, minus the whole like catching on fire thing but like uh uh it like how i don't know like different abilities are developed and they're almost trauma responses mm, that makes sense and how yeah and then there's a great scene where like some one they're they're condemned to like hell but everybody's hell is different for one woman hell is working at bed bath and beyond and having to never end folding towels and then customers come out and like take them all down and her hell is just folding like reorganizing the towels and i as somebody who worked in retail i'm like dude i get this this is what hell is and for another woman she's like a vegetarian animal lover doesn't like and her hell was having to do the uh cutting a frog dissecting a frog in her junior high class over and over and over and over and over. And so like the way it's just a great story, but in the new one, they have a a whole episode around a, it's kind of like um, Salem, Massachusetts, like witch trial times and smallpox breaks out. And there is a, rumor going around or like something, some information that's going around from town to town saying that if you were to eat the heart of the people who were dead, that it would make you immune to smallpox and wouldn't get sick. And what was really happening was some people were infected with cowpox, a smallpox that only affected cows. But when people got it, they, it wasn't fatal, but it built up an immunity Hmm. to smallpox. Hmm. So if you happen to be, get in contact or be affected by somebody or, or, uh, get the disease or whatever, come in contact with somebody who had cowpox, you would then become immune to smallpox. And so without, and it was really cool how they did it in the story because it's based on actual science. Right. Of, but of, the people sort of misunderstood the mechanics yes. of it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then in it, there's a witch like a witchy woman, like the milkmaids are all like secretly like the witches and they understand. She's like, there's gotta be something in the milk. Like if we could just take the cows and like take their milk and then we could feed the milk to the people, then they would become, and she's absolutely right. Like hmm. that would happen, but then they kill her. <gasps> Spoiler alert. And then it's like, sh- and it, and then you're like, Oh fuck. The, and it's like the patriarchy once again, winning. Yeah. and like, then the, the, they're like eating the dead people. It's a whole thing. So I can see how, like maybe back in the day there was some sort of i don't know immune like disease that that was like that yeah see this episode and then you guys will totally know what i'm talking about yeah i could see how that happens and how people get their wires crossed because they are operating with only a bit of the information yeah oh that's interesting don't eat people though it's bad bad news um I would also oh, like so to funny. say one more thing I got wrong, but we'll continue it next time, which is that oh. I said in that episode, we were talking about Ted Bundy. We were talking about serial killers. Yeah, yeah. And I did the old line about how, like, he was so charming and handsome. And no, he wasn't. He really wasn't. Like, we give mediocre oh. white men so much credit. This is good. Yeah. You know, I'm glad he was not that. ugly or anything, but, like, there was nothing exceptional about him. It's just that yes. he didn't look like the boogeyman. So right. people were like, Did wow. I talk about the friend I had whose mom went on a date with him in that episode? I I don't think I did. I don't think you did, but you have talked about yes. that. And Can you he was not impressive to her. And she was like, nah, I'm out. Yeah, he's like a what? Five out of ten. He was regular. And she, regular. she was like, nah, he, he was weird. Well, and yeah. Kinda, Yes. So I think people who have a little, like, like some 
emotional quotient, EQ. Yeah. 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 And and her daughter was a smart cookie too. She was like no dummy. Can you imagine what so it's I like? So I think it's that style, like woman who's like, mm, yeah. my red flags are going off. Totally. And whatever that was, was passed down to her daughter because she had a, uh, right. like my friend who I worked with was a badass bitch too. It's weird when you have people like your, your friend's mom who was not survived and then later found right. out that he was a monster or like the guy that escaped Jeffrey Dahmer and like ran away and, uh-huh. um, what that must feel like that it must right it, to it, know that you <sighs> almost died. Yes. I, I had one experience rock climbing where I should have died. I remember and that. It, yeah. And it haunts you, right? It haunts me. Yes. Like I could start crying right now thinking about it because I should be dead. I unclipped 900 feet up. If I were leaning back, I would have been. I hate been. it. Dead. I hate what if. Fucking dead. I couldn't. I, I had to pull my car over and just cry. And then the adrenaline from that was so intense. I just had to take a nap on the side of the road because it was, I thought it all hit me that, oh my God, I could be dead. In yeah. another in another parallel right. universe, I'm fucking dead right now. And yeah. another one, that Ted, Ted Bundy victim is dead. It freaks well, me out, especially it freaks me out too. as a mom, because you, you just can't control everything and you just you oh, quantum leap yeah. it. You hope... Like the right thing happens at the right time. I mean, God, it's fucking scary. S- surprise, surprise. We t- we lean to astrology to give mm-hmm. us a little bit of comfort and to right. create some sort of explanation. Yeah, here's me thinking about time travel. That is the un... Right. We're like, I'll, I'll just take that. That's, <laughs> it's the unknown. We want these things that explain the unknown. And in, I'm sure someday we will learn the the science behind why maybe they do but who knows next time we'll continue with um with things we got wrong in episode seven because i'm not done yet Ooh. and um we'll move on probably to episode eight man we got so much wrong sarah so much we're i, I, I wouldn't say this is so much like things we got wrong as much as it is things we are growing from yep updates and updates. evolution yeah i like it right. i'll see you guys next time Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, what can I say? We all mess up. We get things wrong. And these are those things that we got wrong. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.